Let's pretend that this isn't advice. And I'm Erin, and I'm not giving you advice. It's it's not advice. I can't help myself <laughs> give advice. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to live your life, but I know how to do it. I'm a huge know-it-all, and this is where I practice not giving advice to people. Except I totally give advice to them. I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach, and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session, so I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. Today's episode is with Lori Mendelson. Uh, Lori is a matchmaker. She's based in Wisconsin. And um, I met her through a colleague of mine, Allison. Uh, Lori, in this episode, flips the tables on me and asks me about my romantic life, which uh, was kind of fun. But we also talk about marriage and letting go of people that we love and how you know when you know. I hope that you really love this episode as much as I loved talking with Lori. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Lori, you are a matchmaker, but uh, my, the first question I usually ask people is, who are you? That's a great question because I'm many things. I wear many, many hats and I wear them at different times of the day. So I'll start with what I do in the, the very few first few minutes of the day is I'm a standard poodle mom. I have two standard poodles who are rescues. We walk every morning about three to four miles, which is wonderful, right along the shores of Lake Michigan, which I love. And during the day, I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and I also am a dating app writer. So I help people really get these finely tuned dating app profiles so they can attract people and they sound interesting. How did this happen? (laughs) How did you get into this? Like, why is this so important to you? I want to hear the whole story. Well, Erin, it actually started when I was 19 years old and I was in my first, I actually was a fashion designer for 33 years. and. At 19, one of my college uh, contemporaries wasn't dating anyone, and I had just met someone. And I said, would you like to meet someone? And she said, yeah. Well, long story short, she and this man ended up getting married, and then it kept happening again and again and again and again. And through the course of my adult life, including my business, I now have 18 marriages under my belt. Now, Aaron, that's not me. I've not been married 18 times, thank God. But 18 Congratulations. marriages. 18 people have gotten married. And I felt that it was time that I really turned it into a business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing now. And what I really love the most about what I'm doing now is I love the coaching portion. I love helping people get out of their own way if they're stuck. I can see what it is that they're doing, and I help them really break those blocks so they can move on to self-love, which I really hate that word, you know, those Mm -hmm. words. It's so overused. I I help them get past their barriers, and and I work with outside forces. I work with Reiki masters and healers and chakra cleaners, 
and intuitives and therapists, social workers, whatever is needed to be done, I work with those people to help these people get past what is inhibiting them from finding love. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, I'm a I, myself at night and on weekends when I have time, when, I, when I'm not podcasting or on Clubhouse or building the brand. Yeah, I also do that too. Wow. So I guess the, the question that I have for you is how do you know when a match is a match? It's a gut instinct. It is one of those feelings that I get that I will look at someone and I get very wide eyed and I'll get very excited and I'll say, are you single? You know, I'll go up to a stranger or I'll meet them at a networking event or however people meet these days and ask them if they're single, get to know them a little bit. And then I'll say, I know someone for you and it's going to be great. and It's going to be perfect. And it's just intuition more than anything. A, A lot of matchmakers go on interests and hobbies which, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really wonderful. It's great. But that only lasts for so long. What if you change your interest in hobbies? You know, I, I work on a more deep soul level of, of pulling from my intuition. So can you, like, tell me why it matters to have a matchmaker? Yes, it cuts through the noise. What happens now is, especially during COVID, and I'm going to start speaking as if COVID is over because that's what I'm manifesting. Okay. (laughs) I'm all for it. I'm vaccinated and I went outside and spent the weekend with people yesterday and it was amazing. So I'm with you. (laughs) So I'm going to put the past year and three months behind us and, and say that what Aaron asked me the question again. I'm sorry, I just got so wrapped up in in just imagining what it is like to be outside with people this weekend again. I don't remember exactly what I asked you. Oh, I think okay. it was, <laughs> I, th- I think it was something to to the effect of like, why is having a matchmaker important? Oh, yes. the re- The reason that it's important is it saves you a lot of time. So, for example, online dating. It's a great thing. However, it should not be the only tool in your toolbox. So let's say that you're involved in the community. You have access to a lot of people that may have similar interests. Let's say politics or volunteerism. Or let's say that you go to a gym and you only go at a certain time. You're only going to be meeting a certain amount of people. Let's say that you're, you have friends who want to fix you up. They only know a certain select group of people. And so a matchmaker draws from a database of not only the people that we know, but the other matchmakers who we know who also have a database. So we can pull literally from all over the world. That is, if someone is open to meeting someone who isn't within a 10-mile radius Mm -hmm. or who isn't in their own state. You know, I think for me, I think it's important, especially that people just be more open because your ideal match, your soulmate, your twin flame may not be within a 10 to 15 mile radius. So we really cut to the chase for you rather than someone just spending the time of going on endless dates. You know, we, we spoke of a friend before the show started and I believe that she had been on 175 dates before she met her husband. I mean, imagine 
the amount of time that she spent, the emotional investment that she made, the amount of shampoo that she went through, <laughs> the makeup that she could have saved, you know, the ajita that she went through could have been just cut down and she could have been introduced to someone really great for her. I mean, I have been single my whole life, you know, with the exception of a few yeah. long-term relationships. And so I, it's appealing to me. And also at the same time, I'm like, I mean, I know why I'm single. It's because I don't put in a lot of effort <laughs> anymore. Okay. I got really yeah. tired with dating. But, you know, as a, as an intuitive person, you're also talking about legit, like the, the flat out logistics of like finding a person mm-hmm. and how does that work? Yeah. Well, Oh God, I, I think manifestation is a huge thing that one needs to do. And that is really have an intent and put that out there and believe in that intent and always mm-hmm. keep honing that intent. For example, there are things that I've done. I've been divorced now for close to four years. And the first year was just recovery. It was just getting past the pain and the trauma and getting out of my own way, you know, and healing. Mm -hmm. And then the next years have been getting to know who I am again and discovering what it is that I want and need. It's a very different mindset than what I used to do. What I used to do is I, I didn't give myself enough credit. I didn't, I didn't choose. I let them cho- choose me, which was a huge mistake. And so now what I do is I have what I want and need and I don't settle and I won't settle. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because they're afraid of being alone. Mm-hmm. I think there's, it's worse to be alone with the wrong person in a relationship than being alone. Being alone, you can have a very fulfilling life. You know, you and I totally. both know that. So it's, it is really honing in on what it is that you're looking for, keeping the faith alive, believing that that person is out there. I believe every day, Aaron, I wake up and I say, he's one step closer t- towards coming to me. I know he's out there. I know he's looking for me just like I'm looking for him. We just have to align. That's all there is to it. So what, like, who is this man? Who are you manifesting? What is he like? He's stronger than I am uh, in leading because I can be extremely strong. He's very funny. He's very witty. He's smart. He has a passion for helping others. He puts service really first and foremost. He is kind to other humans and thinks about others first. Not that he doesn't put himself aside, but, but he's very considerate of other people. He's handsome. He's playful. He has the kid in him. I mean, the kid in him is really important to me because I can get really silly and, Mm -hmm. and, and I really enjoy being silly because let's face it, you know, work can be very, very draining you know, especially as a coach, we absorb a lot of stuff from people. So I want that playful outlet. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and a lot of women say, I want someone who is financially secure and he has a good job. And well, you know, I have my own money. I just don't want to support him. 
He doesn't have to support me. I want us to enjoy every moment that we have left because being in my 60s, it, that's important that we realize our runway is shorter and we just enjoy each other. We collaborate, we nurture, we support each other. It's more now, Aaron, not what I am or he is. It's what we are together as a unit. Yeah. So do you know so, this man? Do you, is he in the Chicago land area? I'm like, <laughs> who do you know? I don't think I know him yet. Okay. <laughs> and maybe I do. And maybe it'll hit me tomorrow and I'll have the same kind of intuitive, like, <laughs> oh, wide eye moment. <laughs> I got, oh, yeah. Steve. <laughs> Susie's brother. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you asked any of your matchmaker friends for him yet? No, I haven't. What's because, that about? Well, I'm not having any trouble locally, so that's probably oh, okay. one of the reasons. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I mean, here's the here's the thing that I believe. Since I put it out into the universe, that far more than covers all the matchmakers, you know, in the United States. So, mm-hmm. you know, that encompasses, you know, even Pluto. You know, he could be flying towards me right now. Um, yeah, I bet he yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, I guess, you know, the answer to that question is I haven't exhausted my, my resources yet. I keep where, hope alive. What, where are you? Are you in Wisconsin I or am. Michigan? I'm in Racine, Wisconsin, which is just a little bit south of Milwaukee. So how is it, how is it that it's working for you so well? For, in Racine? Or, yeah, like it's not a very big place. Like right. you said, it's working for you locally. I'm like, oh, this is interesting because I live in a city with 4 million people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I my net is nationwide. So that's why I think it's working. Um, not to sound braggadocious, I've had men fly from all over the country to meet me. I know oh, that, that sounds so really, awesome. I don't mean it to sound braggadocious. I don't wait. Mean, why are you diminishing? Like, yeah, your... why am I? Thank you. Why am I? Well, you know, past tapes, past dramas, you know, we hold on. I mean, to those voices. Don't, from, yeah. don't we all deserve somebody who will fly across the country to meet us? Absolutely. Without question. Mm-hmm. Or at least meet us halfway. Right. You know, I mean, meet us somewhere. This is <laughs> Des Moines, anyone? Um, <laughs> it's very. I have a funny story to t- to share with you. So um, there was a a celebrity that I went. That was that's my dog shaking. If you hear that noise, I I went out with a a celebrity about two months ago who lives in Iowa, and. Uh, he said to me, he said, Lori, you know, I really like hanging out with you, but you're 183 miles away. And, and my first reaction was, dude, guys fly in from all over the country to meet me. What? 183 miles. That's like right around the corner. But but then I realized, okay, this was a kind way of him saying, you live too far away. You're not my girl. And I think you're terrific, but you're just not my girl, which was, you know, that's fine. But yeah, you know, hearing that was, um, you know, it stung a little bit. Like, why wouldn't you drive 183 miles? But that sounds snotty and presumptuous. Although, yes, it, I'm worth it. 
I mean, now I'm like, ooh, how old is this man? And can I figure out what celebrity lives 183 miles from Racine, Wisconsin? Well, this this man, this man is in his 60s, and this man is on a national television show. And that's as far as I will go. Because if I you, give you more, you'll figure out who he is. I'm gonna figure out who it is already. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you thinking who it is now? Because it's no, not- I d- I don't know at all. I'm oh. going to have this figured out. I'll spend a little. I'm a Scorpio, yeah. so it just takes me a few Google searches for, to figure out like the deepest, darkest secrets of everybody. Okay. I'm going I'm going to give you a clue. He is not okay. in Chicago. Yeah, I, I know. That's oh. not 183 miles. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, that could leave Minneapolis, right? That, yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not giving that away, Erin. You're going to have no. to use your intuitive skills on that one and I Google told- Maps. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like this is one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is this is how I will like I will obsess over this. And I'll like be watering my flowers and googling at the same time. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Let me know when you figure it out, okay? I will. I'll call okay, next we'll, have, we'll, we'll have another podcast on who is this celebrity. <laughs> so, like, if, you're, if your net is nationwide, yeah. how are you finding people? It, like, online. Online. Yeah. Yeah. What are your opinions on each of the, like, websites or apps? I have varied opinions. I think some are really easy to use. Some, some maybe you do need uh, an engineering and an IT degree and and a coding degree to figure them out. Um, some of them are not user friendly. There's one that um, some of the people that I work with and collaborate with on Clubhouse swear by it. It's Hinge. What I found with Hinge is it seems to be filled with false profiles fake profiles. For example, there's, there are drop dead gorgeous offshore drilling engineers in the Racine area. Oh yeah. (laughs) Plenty. There are plenty of them. So, okay. That, that's, that's, you know, the first one I would say the two that I really like the most are, I like Bumble and I like Uh, Mm match.com. I've been on eHarmony. I've been on Zeus. Zeus is where I met the celebrity. It's it's a very difficult platform to understand, and and even though I've clicked no on someone, he comes up two days later. You know, I I, I want to. I talk to my screen sometimes. Didn't I tell you no already? <laughs> <laughs> Quit showing up. So I I would recommend those two. If someone is going to start out on the online dating app scene, those are the ones that I would. Tinder used to be, and our friend, you know, met her husband on Tinder. Tinder is no longer considered the hookup app. So Yeah, it's not really. It, it's, I mean, some people think it is, but I think they use that as an excuse to just be dicks. <laughs> exactly. Or or try to hook up, right? Yeah. You're on Tinder. You should have different expectations. It's like, yes. I don't need to have different expectations. I'm very clear about what my expectations are. You just don't need to say yes to me. Yeah. Aaron, or vice versa. Are you on any of the dating apps, may I ask? Or is that off limits for me to ask you questions? No, you can ask me questions. Okay. Um, 
I, so I'm on a break from dating because Mm -hmm. I found myself like mindlessly swiping all of the time and it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Um, but that I have profiles on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and The League. Okay. And which one do you like? You know, Bumble's okay, but I've found that like a lot of men will swipe right only to unmatch you and they do it so that like they can see who will reach out to them or they can see who's interested in them. Mm-hmm. And I there's something about that way of being that just makes me like ugh. Mm. It gets it gets old after a while. Mm-hmm. I do like Tinder. I've had some great relationships both from Bumble and from Tinder. Mm-hmm. Um Hinge I feel like it's great for the younger kids. I haven't had a lot of luck with Hinge, Mm -hmm. but I I heard the same thing as you. Like people under, you know, 30 love Hinge. Yeah. Are Um, they looking for offshore drilling engineers? (laughs) They probably are so that they can party on the weekends (laughs) and then have someone to talk to on Wednesday night when they're bored and there's nothing on TV and they don't want to have to decide what's on what to watch on Netflix before 1130 at night when it's time to go to bed. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh God. You know, when I was, when I was your age, now I sound like grandma Lori, but when I, when I was your age, you know, we just used to meet people organically. We would be out, we'd be about, we'd be flirting. We'd see someone in a supermarket. We'd make eye contact. We'd flirt. We'd flip our hair. We'd smile. We'd, We'd throw ourselves at man. Those days are gone. <laughs> I mean, they kind of are. Like it's it's a different way of being in the world. Mm-hmm. There, I think you know, ten years ago, you had to be open to the idea that this might be the day that you meet somebody. Yeah, um, and it still could be. It still could be. That is not an untrue fact now. But yeah. I think because of the apps, we have a little bit of blinders and in our life. We're not actually seeing people as available or not available or, um, potential partners. Yeah. You know, I think that we should have chips implanted for those of us who are single that an alert goes off. It would work two ways. An alert goes off. And if we ever get lost, we'll be found. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it could work both ways. As a, as a person who went through a divorce, Mm -hmm. You still really believe in love. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. I, I believe. H- how? <laughs> yeah, how? Well, well, you know, quite frankly, it wasn't my first divorce, Erin, either. It, um, mm. I was married when I was very young, and I was very stupid, and I thought sex was love, and divorced 18 months later, then married again in my 30s, and then married in my 50s. And... I I believe in the power of it. I believe in the collaboration of it. I believe in the support of it because genetically we are not meant to be alone. We just, that isn't how our bodies are made. Now I'm not talking about reproductive things here. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. talking about genetically we are engineered to share this beautiful experience that we have for caring and nurturing and supporting someone. Now, we could do that with a friend. We could do that with animals. We could do it with family. 
but there's something about a deep, intimate relationship with someone where you know that they have your back and vice versa, that to me is very important. You know, that unequivocally someone will be there for you. Now Mm -hmm. that could be your best friend, but you don't always necessarily want to ask your best friend, Hey, I'm having surgery at six in the morning. Can you pick me up at five? You know, you just don't want to do that. But hopefully in a beautiful, supportive, collaborative relationship, that other person will, they won't even think about it. Now, look, Aaron, you know, I'm not saying that that's the only reason to have a partner. <laughs> so you so that you can have all the surgeries that you want. Excuse <laughs> me, I'm having outpatient surgery. That's your Bumble profile. Gloria is like, I'm in my 60s. I need to have surgery. Exactly. Who's going to drive me to the hospital at 515? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, but... You know, the sharing of experiences, I just think things are sweeter when there was someone you're crazy about and and who you are 100% yourself with Mm -hmm. and who can hold you and and who, who, when you kiss them, you, you feel this sense of euphoria. You know, I have the first line on my dating profile is, I want my toes to curl when we kiss. Ooh, juicy. Well, you know. Aaron, I have to tell you, men really step up to the plate with that line. They're like, I can do it. Pick me, pick me. They, it, you know, give a man a project. He's a happy man. So (laughs) it's it's true. It's true. It's very true. I I do believe in love. It's, it's, it is something we all seek. It's all something we need. It's all something that we want, despite saying I'm fine alone. I'm great alone. Yeah. It's too hard to go through yet another relationship and get be have my heart broken we still all want it yeah yeah don't you feel so, that too I feel like I can't imagine a life without love mm-hmm. and I have a lot of love in my life mm-hmm. and I also very much would love a partner but I am unwilling to be in a relationship with somebody who isn't willing to be a partner with me mm-hmm. and so like I want my toes to curl, but I also want to know that I can trust and rely upon them. Yeah. Um, and my pattern has been to be with people who are unreliable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why so, do you, why do you choose those types or are you consciously choosing now that we get to play is this, session? So Lord. is this, is this it? <laughs> This is Lori's giving Aaron advice. What's going on? <laughs> and this is Aaron. where Lori hijacks the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, n- not intentionally choosing people who are unavailable. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think, like, for a really long time, I didn't have a career that I loved. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, I'm starting to see how much I actually needed that Yeah. in order to not have my relationships be a big source of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really looking for those kinds of things too, yeah. but it was easier for me to find joy and play in relationships than it was for me to find it in my previous career. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now that I have this piece of satisfaction and I feel more complete as a human being, I'm less interested in people who are 
uninterested. Right. And, and I'm, I'm 40 years old. And so like the men that are of my age to date, a lot of them have kids. Mm -hmm. They're just coming out of divorces. I'm not interested in being (laughs) the person who fixes somebody after a divorce. Yeah. I've done that before. That really broke my heart. And so now I'm like, it's just, I'm waiting for healed people to show up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People who are ready and who want it. I want your toes healed before we kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Also get a pedicure. (laughs) Those feet are probably pretty gross. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That man. Yeah, that's right. Men, men listening. Women like pedicure, a man who has pedicured feet as well. Yeah. Nobody wants to get in bed with sandpaper feet. Or claws. <laughs> Just like sandpaper claws. Is it is it a man or a moose? <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you say is like the most common obstacle to people finding love? Themselves. No, I mean, but like how? Seriously, <laughs> themselves. No. Okay. Let, let me expand on that. The most common barrier is there are two, two really resonate with me that I see over and over. The mindset that all the good ones are taken. Okay. And that I'm too mm-hmm. old. Even, mm-hmm. even in 30 year olds, I hear that I'm too old. Can I smack you upside the head, please? Oh my God. I mean, really, really too old for what? For playing in a sandbox? Yeah, maybe, you know. For Probably tool- not. You can still go have fun in a sandbox. Like yes, okay. It's not for you, too. You're too old for diapers and also too young for diapers at that point. Right. Um, it, it's the limited beliefs. And, and the second thing is, is that they carry their baggage from their past relationships along with them like a badge of honor that... They, they have this protective shield around them that, you know, he hurt me, she, she lied to me, she cheated on me, he broke my heart, and that's the belief that every future potential paramour will do exactly the same thing. Mm. And, it, and that's where the work comes in. That's where the work comes in to work with a therapist or a coach or a healer to get past those barriers because there are 8 billion people in the world. Of those 8 billion people, God, if we can't find one that makes our toes curl, we're not trying hard enough. We're not putting ourselves out there enough. You know, we're not open enough to, to finding it and not finding. I always like to use the word attracting, bringing that vibration to you. Yeah. those are the important things, Aaron. The the yeah. you know the limited beliefs, and the and the blocks and barriers that if people would just invest the time, figuring out the patterns that they keep going through of of you know, you know I mean in the first few weeks and especially if you're having sex it's euphoric, and that and that pheromone euphoria lasts for if you're lucky twelve months. Then people start to unravel, you know, they start seeing the person who he or she really is and it doesn't look so good anymore. And then mm-hmm. they'll leave and then they'll repeat and then rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. 
if they would do the work and have the, I'm going to say the audacity to work on the relationship, to discuss, to communicate, they wouldn't keep moving from partner to partner because no one's perfect. We're imperfect. We can't expect someone to be perfect when we're not. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, you know, I think a, a lot, I, t- I talk with people about relationships all the time mm-hmm. as a coach too. Mm-hmm. I, most people come to me because of work stuff. And then we end up talking about relationships and everything else. Um, what would you like when you said that people carry the baggage to and from mm-hmm. relationship to relationship, mm-hmm. how would you identify that? Like as a dater, not as you, Lori. Oh, okay. That's a great question. And, and the way that I would answer that is they are afraid of change. Change is, is scary. Mm-hmm. And so they hold on to what is familiar to them mm-hmm. rather than saying, you know what, this really has not worked for me. Why don't I change? You know, instead of ordering vanilla ice cream today, why don't I get pistachio and see mm. how that feels? You know, another thing that people do, and, and and I'd like to add this too, because this is an important one. People don't give relationships the time to develop, especially on dating apps. They think that because someone is advertising to meet someone, that that means an, an immediate relationship. It's mm-hmm. got to work out right away or else they move along. And relationships, as you know, between anyone, between family, between lovers, between coworkers, takes time to build, you know, to earn that trust, to have that camaraderie. So people need to be in it for X amount of time before bolting you know, before deciding and people need to focus just on the present of the date, not project into the future, what this man or woman will be like at the wedding, what they're going to be like when they age, you just have to be present and enjoy the moment and have fun. Mm. And people don't do that. People are just so headstrong in like the finish line you know, you miss all the really sweet things along the way if you're focused on the finish line. I think that is probably my biggest hurdle mm-hmm. is being focused on the finish line. Like, will this work? Will this work? Yeah. Is this a possibility for it to work? Yeah. You don't know till you get to know that person, though. Right. Well, and I've also, one of the things I've started doing is asking people, do would like what do you want? And mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't want the same things as me, I feel like it's it doesn't matter how much chemistry we have or how much fun we have together. It's right. probably not a good idea to keep going with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. And then I hear like you saying, "Oh, we'll stay in the relationship and see how it goes." And it's like, well, that's so hard to do that when you ask somebody what they want and they don't want the same like. Are, would you be dumb if you stayed, if they don't want the same thing? No. That, those kinds of things. Oh, no, 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 Aaron. I mean, it, that it's great that you asked that. I think it's wonderful that you ask what you are looking for. You know, let's say that, that you're a liberal and you've met a Trump supporter. 
you know, that <laughs> that's such a, a prickly situation, you know, it's, it's diminishing now, but it's still important. You know, what about civil rights? You know, mm-hmm. what about how people feel about cultural differences, about racism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are important topics. It shows the quality of someone's moral fiber, if you ask me. If people mm-hmm. are diabolically wrong for you, you should not be going out with them to see if it's going to work or not. But if you have a foundation of common beliefs and morals, and let's say that you both have gone into it saying, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. I would like that relationship to eventually lead to marriage. Then I would continue to go. And I would ask a lot of questions along the way, especially if you have red flags or orange flags. Pose it in, in a way that is, you know, I've, when you said, you know, you know, I'm wondering, where did that come from? What was your feeling behind that? I'd really like to learn more about you. Mm-hmm. By by opening up that dialogue rather than just immediately saying, well, you know, he believes in this or she believes in that, you're slamming a door to someone who could be really a great partner. You know, yeah. from my own personal experience, I, I was with a guy, he was, he really was my twin flame. It was an amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. He was a Trump conspiracy theorist. I'm not. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm not. And and it, it it was difficult and and I couldn't stand by it. What made you what makes you know that he's your twin flame? Uh, wow. Well, maybe back up a little yeah. bit. Will you tell people what a twin flame is? Yes. So my belief in a person who is a twin flame is someone who you have known in a past life, who you have experienced a deep personal connection with in a past life or many past lives. The difference between a twin flame and a soulmate is, is that this person was the love of your life in any form that you were in. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that you were female or male at, at the same time, but you have experienced deep love for this person. The way that we knew was it was actually immediate. When we met, we knew. When we met, we looked in each other's eyes and we just kind of nodded like, okay, here we are. We knew it. We finished each other's sentences. I could tell him what he was thinking and vice versa. We had very, very long, passionate conversations about everything from soup to nuts. He gave me so many gifts. He opened me up in ways that I never thought that I could be open. You know, mm-hmm. not not in a in let me say this, not only in a sexual manner, in a psychological and in a spiritual manner. Mm-hmm. And we both realized that not every relationship is meant to last a lifetime. What we did was we had S-H-I-T, to work out in this one that we had not finished previously. And so we You did. can swear here. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what did you, what was the thing that you had to work out in this lifetime? Um, he, he had trouble 
actually being able to receive love. Mm. And I had those blocks and barriers that I was talking about. And I, and I learned to let them down with him. And that was our lesson for each other. Do you still talk to him? uh, No, we don't speak anymore. No. It's kind of painful, you know, for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. No, we, I, I, when we broke up, I told him, I said, I am just, you know, I'm, I'm heartbroken, but I'm so grateful for what you gave me because you allowed me, I felt safe enough to open up to you. And Mm -hmm. that was a gift that I was waiting for. I'd never had that before. How long did that relationship last? Not very long. It was four months. Really? Really short really sweet. Yeah. And he showed me how I wanted to be treated. And I had mm-hmm. never seen that before. You know, every time he came to my house, he had this beautiful bouquet of flowers. He couldn't do enough for me. He looked after me. It was something I had never had in my life. <laughs> it's really <laughs> a big sigh. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I had that relationship. That relationship ending is why I'm a coach today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it fundamentally changed who I was and yeah. showed me what was important to me. Yes. And uh, it transformed my life. Yeah. Yes. And Erin, that's why I'm a coach as well. Going through the divorce is wanting to help people in my age group you know, 50 and over who have been through Mm -hmm. all of the shit of getting divorced later in life, you know, long marriages, children. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And those experiences shaped us and we wouldn't trade them for anything, right? I just sometimes don't know if I'd say that. I mean, no, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that experience and that that man being in my life. Yeah. Um what's some of the like I I still have dreams about him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it it feels like the connection still exists and I'm like I haven't talked to you in 5 years, 4 years. Why are you coming in my dreams yeah. this way? Like have you had experiences like that? Yes, I have. I have, and it's it, it's that spiritual level of knowing that he's still with me, and he will always mm-hmm. be with me. I'll see him again. Mm. I'm a spiritual skeptic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I believe in all of it, and then I'm like, why is this happening? This is weird <laughs> and terrible. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure that your listeners are, you know, can we get one big eye roll, everyone, right? It's like, oh, God, there they go again. You know, these spiritualists, are they taking over the country? <laughs> but Well, yeah. how can – like, I have a hard time thinking that the world isn't waking up to the undercurrents that have been here for, you know, the history of the universe. Yeah. Like, especially after this year that there has been so much self-reflection, so much coming of age of what is important in the world and what is important to us. You know, mm-hmm. I hear all day long, it's not things, it's uh, it's us, it's people, it's relationships. Those are the things that matter. It's not the shit 
now that you've allowed me to say shit, I won't be able to stop it. It's not, it's not the, the, the this, this is not an NPR show, so swear away. <laughs> it's like all the shit that we buy and then rent storage units to put all that shit in, you know? I mean, it's really mm-hmm. funny when I was a little girl, there were no such thing as storage units. <laughs> just- I read once. I read once that storage units are some of the most lucrative businesses that mm-hmm. somebody can have. And I'm like, between that and uh, the pot farm in Detroit that I wanted to open up in 2010, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could have been really rich. <laughs> you could have grown your pot in one of the storage units. You could have turned that into a greenhouse. Ugh. I really regret not buying one of those because in 2009, Detroit was selling lots for a dollar. Oh my and God. So I could have, I like, I, I really should have capitalized on that, but I had to learn these soul lessons and show up and be here rather than an urban pot farmer. So next time you come across one of those deals, will you please let me know? Sure. If you're a little <laughs> hesitant, just say, Lori, I found an opportunity and I'll just say sold. <laughs> <laughs> let me be lucrative. Oh, that's so great. Do you have a do-over, Aaron? That that if you could do one thing over again in your life, what would it be? I don't. Let's go. I think if there was one thing, well, if there was one thing that I could do over, it might be some of the things that happened in the aforementioned relationship. Mm-hmm. I think I might have had a little more patience and grace. Yeah. Um. And also, I can't ever say that I would do that over because I needed to get here. Yeah. Understood. Um, you know, I spent, I did law school and I spent 14 years as a lawyer. Like that is another thing that I would ostensibly say, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And at the same time, I that that foundation for my life is why I'm also here today. Yeah. So- I can't really say that I have a do-over. Mm-hmm. What, what about you? I have two do-overs. And the first one is for the younger folks listening. It is investing more money in my 401k mm-hmm. when I could have, when I should have, rather than buying a Porsche. You know, I mean, that was the most stupid thing I ever did. <laughs> but it, boy, it was the sexiest thing I ever did. It was great. Um, and the second thing is on my second honeymoon, we went to the south of France for our honeymoon, and my ex-husband kept saying, let's go parasailing. And I kept saying, no, no, my stomach hurts. I still regret it to this day that I did not go parasailing. And and that was the moment that I learned it's, it's much harder to live with regret than it is mm-hmm. to get over a fear of doing something that you're uncomfortable with. Because that has plagued me my whole life now. God, if only I'd parasailed. And so now... When I have an opportunity to do something that's unfamiliar, I I, I hit it head on. Really? Because I'll never get that opportunity, you know, that moment again in my life. Yeah. I'm very open to things now, especially, to, you know, toe curling. I'll just put it out there. <laughs> toe curling pleasure things? There you go. Toe, <laughs> toe curlers wanted. What would like... You know, what I hear in that is that you you highly recommend to people to face things head on. Yeah. Um, like as a way to get around some of your blocks or to have a different experience. Yeah. 
what's something that you've seen others do that worked for them and just didn't freaking work for you? The success that I see with other people is hiring coaches and I'm not trying to plug coaches here, but if we're going to hit things head on and we have these fears and barriers, mm-hmm. we need professional help. And that comes in the form of coaches and therapists. Mm-hmm. Coaches are for your future. A therapist is to discuss your past. So that is something that I highly recommend. In, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the question's a little different though. Yeah. It's like, that's what you recommend because it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually asking like what works for other people that didn't work for you. Okay. Following friends advice. (laughs) Now, now here's the thing about friends. They're not trained. They don't have degrees in psychology. They're coming from a place in a space of their own issues Mm-hmm. And so everyone, everyone who's doling out advice, parents, loved ones, friends, you all get this big mixed bag of messages and people listen to that. And, and if it works for them, that's wonderful. It, yeah. It leaves me feeling even more confused. I think that's why I call this podcast, this is not advice. Yeah. Because I have been such a know-it-all in my life Uh about, like, how people should do things and what they should do. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, I – my experience has been the more people allow their own intuition and their own knowledge to guide them, the better off they are. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're the expert of your own life. Yes. And you're the only one who knows how you feel. And you're the only mm-hmm. one who knows what's going on up in your head. But most mm-hmm. importantly, you, you're the only one who knows what's going on in your heart and, yeah, and th- your gut. You know it in your gut when something is wrong or right. Yep. Yeah. I think that like for me, you know, especially in my 20s, there was a lot of the shoulds of relationships. This is how it should be. This is what it should look like. This is what a good relationship is, blah, 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 blah. And I'm totally different around to that now. Yeah. But what what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of this, like a lot of the things that we get tripped up by are created by the shoulds. Absolutely. And who made up this list anyway? You know, I really, we need to write a strongly worded memo to the manager of the should list. <laughs> Dear president should. We'd like to discuss a few points and we'd like a little more clarity as to how you came up with the should list. Mm -hmm. Um, The the should, the should is, is I believe comprised of what social norm is Mm -hmm. and especially parenting. You know, my, my parenting was, and it's funny, I, on Clubhouse, there's a, a woman who's in my club. She's one of the top 50 sex therapists in the world. And and our generation was raised that women are not supposed to be sexual. And if we were, we were called whores and sluts. So a woman shouldn't enjoy sex. It's okay for a man to get pleasure, but not really for a woman to get pleasure. 
That would definitely be on the should list. So well, that's some bullshit should. Oh, is that <laughs> that? That's another department, Erin. That's a shit should. That's a <laughs> to put that in the shit in shit storage with all the other shit that people <laughs> accidentally take on in their lives. Yeah, it's it's. It, it, it's it's social norm. It's what has been done that, you know, doesn't embarrass people. And, and mm-hmm. look, you know, no one wants to be embarrassed. Everyone wants to be valued and heard and understood. But whoever came up with these rules of what, you know, should I understand in a corporation? Here's how we run our business. This is what's worked for us. There's no playbook on how things work in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you should be nice though to people. You should you should lead with kindness. You should. Nah, man, I'm just gonna be a dick all the time. <laughs> okay, well then you should um, go to your own island. Yeah, <laughs> the should fits. I'm, I'm very rarely a dick. Okay, um, good. <laughs> so, you know, you have your own business. Yeah, you're a single woman who's a matchmaker and a dating coach. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of help do you need? The advice of all of my friends that I shouldn't listen (laughs) to. All right, Lori, let me give you some advice. What do you need advice on? (laughs) (laughs) I promise in a show to not give advice. I'm ready for it. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what I actually need is, is, um, more health advice. Mm. Um, I, I have, um, an immunodeficiency and, um, I happen to love sugar, love it, Mm. love. I mean, you know, if someone said what one food could you survive on the rest of your life, dark chocolate, my hands raised. So what I need is a more intense focus on my own body and my own health. Mm. That's what I need. And, and that also affects how we see ourselves, how we perform on a daily basis, how we come into the world, how we feel, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great would, question, Aaron. Thank you. Would you like um, to answer that question? What do I need, Miss Aaron? Uh, I need lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> I need someone to fix a patch in my wall. Uh-huh. I need a couple of new bathrooms. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, but I actually wanted to go back to your thing because you mentioned intuition a lot mm-hmm. and like the intuition of knowing how you feel and knowing how you feel in relationships. Yeah. And what you just said was like something about how to be in your body. And my, I was like, what would it look like for you to have the same level of intuition about your body as it does for you to have the same like in relationships with other people or for other people? I don't have the intuition for my body. You just don't have it. I wish it's that, not something you can cultivate. I, I, maybe I. That is something that that's an opportunity for me to learn. Hmm. But um, I, the one thing that I do is I know that um, the condition of the, that I have. There are many support groups for it. Mm-hmm. I don't go down that rabbit hole, and it's not that I'm dismissing what I have. But I find that when people dwell on what is wrong with them, that consumes them. Mm -hmm. I like to go with what is right about me. 
what is yeah. what what is really positive about me and 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 oddly enough this is a great story Aaron I had a physical right after the twin flame and I broke up mm-hmm. and she looked at my blood work and she said to me she goes Lori god your blood looks great what did you do and I told her I said I was in a relationship I met this great guy this is what happened she said Lori your happiness level increased your your the things in your blood that you were missing mm-hmm. yeah and so yes mind body duality there absolutely one feeds the other when we're depleted emotionally we're going to be depleted in nutrition you know to feed yeah. our own soul and our own bodies and our own psyche yeah so yes that you know thank you for reminding me of that because i'm i'm going to see her in a couple of weeks so thank you all that's really good thank you you just You're gave welcome. me a nice gift thank you you're welcome. This is what it's like to coach with me. It's always through the side door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you actually want, we'll just get there right at the end. Yeah. Sideways. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. the last question I ask people is, um, well, you can answer either one. Okay. One is, how will you know? how will you know when you've succeeded? And the corollary to that is, what is success to you? Okay. Well, Aaron, you're asking a Jewish woman that in our culture, we never see ourselves as successful ever. (laughs) (laughs) It just does not exist in our culture. And, you know, I don't know if you have Jewish friends or have been around a lot of Jewish people, but we're just never, we are never completely happy. So we're, we're, we're never totally content. So that's just take that one off the board. Um, and, and the second part is what will it feel like? Yeah. What is success to you? Um, what do you know when? Well, well, I know what success felt like when I sold my dog walking business, I I walked away with a big fat check and it was like, yeah, you know what this, I started from ground up me walking one dog and built it to 30 employees and 4,500 clients. Holy crap. That's amazing. Thank you. That's what success looks like. So So what did it feel like? Well, (laughs) talk about intuition. Here we go again. Crazy Laurie story. Um, I saw it. I saw it the minute I started it. I saw myself growing it to be the largest in the state. We were lucky enough to have great employees my theory mm-hmm. always is you hire people who are better than you, who know more than you do in the field that you are providing. And I had a great team. We were very cohesive. They loved what they did. I acknowledged them in the way that they needed to be acknowledged, you know, which is not a, a cookie cutter acknowledgement. You know, it wasn't nope. like, hey, Susie, here's $1,000. Well, Susie didn't want $1,000. I found out what Susie wanted, really. It was just acknowledgement, speaking of. Um, that it, that felt absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that I got to sit in those shoes. Mm-hmm. But it also defined me. And when I sold it, you know, I used to be Lori from Wisconsin Pet Care. And I was no longer Lori from Wisconsin Pet Care. So that was an adjustment for me. So now what success looks like to me is... People calling me and saying, you just introduced me to the woman I'm going to marry. 
Nothing better than that. Except my saying, you got a friend. (laughs) 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 Who has toe curly experience. Um, That's pretty, that's pretty spectacular that I was the conduit of introducing these two souls who needed to meet each other. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm going to ask you the same question. What does it feel like when people go, holy crap, you nailed it. I had my aha moment. Mm. I mean, for me, that sense of gratification, Mm -hmm. um, it's more pride Mm -hmm. for them that they get what they want. Yeah. And I am grateful for the opportunity to just be a tiny bit a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably, as an as a Catholic woman, <laughs> I don't have the like Jewish. It's never enough. Yeah. But I have the, my own very very big flavor of it's never enough. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. What, what I I think success for me is, you know. Financially, I'm taken care of, mm-hmm. and I am excited and grateful to wake up most days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Going back to the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roof over my head. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose in the world. Yeah. Food in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Spreading love. Making someone's day. Changing yeah. one and- thing that day for someone else. Yeah. You know, the I love the impact of the work that you and I do. Yes. Cuz like one person meeting their soulmate gives their friend the opportunity to meet their soulmate. Yes. Like every time something good happens with somebody, it gives somebody else the courage to have the next good thing happen for them. And instead of fixing life, we're creating it and right. it's just a way more fun experience. Right. Right. Taking charge. Mm-hmm. leading the charge, being a part of the charge that's being led, whatever it is that it's just a little bit more proactive and a lot less on your heels. Yes, that's right. That's right. Rather than, than sitting in the, in the position of, oh, well, it's just never going to happen to me. There are, <laughs> you know, I mean, I want to scream when I, that there's a Jewish word, geshrei, which is a yell. I want to give a geshrei when I hear this, you know, it's like, just mm. stop that thinking. I did not know that word. Oh, you're going to learn a whole bunch of, of Yiddish words from me, Aaron. You're just, <laughs> what else? Well, <laughs> we're, we're coming up on time. Okay. Is there anything? <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to like f- cut you off. And also Please. like people are not going to be able to listen to 10 hours of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why not. <laughs> If they want to, they'll tell us more later. (laughs) Thank you, Erin. Where can we find you? At smartfunnysingle.com. My website is there. You can find me on Clubhouse. I Mm -hmm. am um, at Matchmaker Lori. I'm on LinkedIn under Lori Mendelson. I'll spell it out. It's L-O-R-I-M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-H-N. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Clubhouse. I'm wherever you can, you find me. You can use your telepathic waves. I'll pick up on it. Awesome. Thank Thank you you so much for your time today and your wisdom and your grace. Thank you. Thank you, Erin.
This Is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio. 